0: I've waited a month to do that. I want you to know, I just, I thought, when I, when I come back, I got to do something, I just can't come back, and, and uh, uh, no, there are no germs up here, I just want you to know how I really appreciate the the guys taking turns and, and bringing the word this summer, and the uh, church giving me some time, time off, uh, I discovered one thing really clearly this summer, is I am not med, uh, me, meant to live a nomad life. We saw some good friends that I haven't seen for years, spent some time with people that we need to spend some time with, but it is good to be back. I just want you to know that. (laughs) (laughs) So a month ago, uh, I had the opportunity to to introduce where we're going to be going uh, in this next series of messages. Uh, I talked about uh, a situation where Jesus was with his followers, and, uh, and they asked him a question. Uh, I'm going to read for Luke chapter 11. You don't need to turn there. In fact, if you want to, you can go to Matthew 6, because that's where we're going to spend our time. But, but here's the situation. We're told in Luke chapter 11 that one day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, as I mentioned last week, I find this really an unusual question, uh, and, and here's why. Because uh, my study of Scripture, the background of the disciples, the the uh, time frame, the culture of that period of time, these men, these Israelites who were following Jesus would have been very familiar with prayer. This was not a, a new to them. It wasn't a new thing. They had seen it. They'd grown up with it. It took places in their households. Uh, they, they probably, on, on many occasions, saw the religious leaders as they would stand on the street corners and call everyone to attention and pray out loud so that everyone could hear. So, this was not something that they weren't familiar with. They were very familiar with prayer. It was part of their upbringing, their personal and family lives. Uh, We're not told what day this was, Uh, we're not told where it took place, but what we are told is as these men who had uh, chosen to follow Jesus saw Jesus pray as they observed him talking to his heavenly father, after seeing that take place, they came to this conclusion. I don't know how to pray. I thought I did. Thought I knew what it was about. But obviously, I don't know how to pray. And so I see the disciples getting together, drawing straws, saying, somebody needs to ask them. And uh, because we're told, one of the disciples, speaking on behalf of the rest of them, then goes to Jesus with the question: here's the question, Lord, teach us how to pray. Uh, And from that discussion then comes what our series is going to be about. called the Lord's Prayer. And that's what we're going to be taking a look at these next few weeks. Uh, But before we dig into that actual prayer, uh, it's interesting. I want to go to Matthew 6 because Matthew elaborates on the situation and the prayer that took place here. He has much more to say about it than Dr. Luke did. And and so I want us to to spend our time there. And and, uh, before we dig into that. Let's just pray together. Father, thank you for your love for us. There's not a person in this room uh, that you don't know better than they even know themselves, and that you haven't spoken clearly from your word and said, I love you. You're important to me. I want to bless you. I want to be a part of your life, and that's everyone here. And so we come to you grateful for that. And Lord, we, we with the disciples we wonder about prayer sometimes. We we wonder what it's all about, and and, and how are we doing it right? Uh, we understand the question, so guide us as we look through these verses together and look at Jesus' response to his followers. Uh, thank you for this opportunity. We pray these things in your Son's name. A little ma- background about Matthew. Uh, you and you probably already know this, but one of the things that we're told about Matthew is that Matthew's vocation was. He was a tax collector, which meant he worked for the enemy. He worked for the Roman government, the occupying territory. Uh, uh, He was not on friendly terms with his fellow Israelites. Uh, And if he was like a typical tax collector, he took what the... Roman government required for him to take, but then he added plenty more on for himself and probably was a wealthy man. uh, Most tax collectors were pretty wealthy, but at the cost of being ostracized from their family, from their community, uh, from their fellow Israelites. uh, That was Matthew's situation prior to becoming a follower of Christ. And then he becomes a follower of Christ and and I wonder, because he gives us a lot more details, and I wonder if it doesn't have something to do with part of what was going on in Matthew's own life. Uh, something about the Jesus' response uh, to this question, uh, something about uh, the things he had to say uh, struck a chord with Matthew. Uh, Matthew was used to being the outcast. He was not invited to Christmas celebrations. Well, they didn't have Christmas celebrations back there. He wasn't, Jesus hadn't been born yet. Well, he was born, but there was a Christmas celebration. But he wasn't invited to the family get-togethers, the birthday parties. The, uh, he was left out and, and had no sense of belonging. And then the, Jesus is going to say some things in this prayer that are going to say to Matthew, you do belong. You belong." Uh, uh, and, and Matthew desperately needed to know. He also knew that he had done a lot of things and got a lot of things wrong in his life. And and now he's going to realize that, you know, he, he may have thought, I'm the only guy around here that really doesn't know about these kind of things. Uh, but all of them said, hey, we need to, we don't know how to pray. We thought we did, but we, we don't. And so, so I think some of this really struck a chord with Matthew. Maybe that's part of why he recorded so much more than Luke did. I think there are other reasons, too, and I'll get into them in a little bit. But uh, Matthew chapter 6, and I'm going to jump down to start with, you can read on your own the first four verses later, but I want to jump down to uh, verse 5 of Matthew 6, and here's where we are back to that question. And then Jesus answered. And when you pray, Jesus is talking to his disciples. Do not be like the hypocrites, For they love to pray, standing on the street corners to be seen by men. He makes several points here that I I want to, in these next few verses too, that I want us to to grab onto, uh, to pick up on. And here's the first one. Public prayer is inherently dangerous. You ever thought about that? It's interesting because I think sometimes in the church, we look at the individual who can stand up in front of a lot of people and pray and have it come out sounding, you know, somewhat cohesive and, and uh, spiritual. And we look at that kind of a rite of passage. That that guy obviously is, uh, you know, got it together when it comes to God because he can stand up front there and pray these great prayers. But what Jesus says... Right from the get-go in this discussion, he hasn't gotten to the prayer at all. But he says, "I." He says, "Beware. Public prayer is inherently da- dangerous. Why? Well, it's you've probably put the dots together. It's not hard to figure out. But something about public prayer makes you too aware of the public. All of a sudden, you are." praying words that you want to make sure that sound good to the people that are listening to it instead of doing what you're supposed to be doing, and that is talking to God. There have been a few occasions in my life, and this is how I tell for sure when I've got it mixed up in this area. Uh, there, there have been occasions in life where I've been asked to pray at certain situations, uh, a couple of times at, at fairly big events, and all of a sudden I find I'm nervous. And, and when when that happens it's humorous to me because what it is telling me is I'm really more concerned about the audience than I am the audience. Because he's already told me that he loves me and has accepted me and that I'm his child and that I have no, I, I can't say it wrong and he's going to get upset with me. I'm perfectly safe there and yet I'm nervous. And, and so, it's, so I have to get my act back together and, and, and talk to my God which is what I'm doing anyway. And so Jesus warns, he says, this is dangerous. In fact, uh, uh, look at verse 6. But when you pray, go into your room and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Go back to verse 5 for a moment. Some verses, some, there's, there's some words that stick out. I want us to see them again. These are the key words for me there. Like the hypocrites, we know what a hypocrite is. You know, uh, say one thing, do another. But like the hypocrites, for they love God. They love to be seen. And, there, and there's the danger that he's warning them about, even before he gets into talking about giving them instruction regarding prayer, is, is that, that this is the danger. Now, it's not saying it's wrong. It's not saying it's sinful. There are plenty of examples of individuals in the scripture, standing and praying on behalf of the people to God. But he is saying, be careful. Be careful, you know, if you're in that, you know, I don't know if you have a, a, somebody you know, but, you, you know, you, you go out and, and if you're, you're like uh, me, you know, we, we go out to eat sometimes. And, and if it's uh, Mary Lou and I, then, you know, we'll, we pray for our meal. We just do. I'm grateful. That I, it's that reminder to me that this is from God. He's provided this or I wouldn't have it. And But you, you, do you have that person in your life that if you're at a restaurant and uh, there's a bunch of you and and, and if you're planning to pray, you, you're hoping they don't ask him to pray because, or her. It could be her, but him because, because they're, they're not going to quietly get you together and pray. They're going to have to stand up and make sure that the whole room has it. And you're saying, oh, please don't ask him to pray. And this is what it's talking about because, you know, they're praying to the audience. Uh, and so that's where he begins. Be careful about playing public. In fact, verse 6, he he basically says, most of our prayer, most of our conversations with God, which is what the, the prayer is, should be done in private. They're mostly private conversations, and so that was interesting that he starts there, especially in light of, and I think, you know, he in light of probably, one of the big comparisons that were going on, obviously, in Jesus was when the disciples saw Jesus pray, one of the things that they noted as so different was the way that he prayed in comparison to where, the way their religious leaders prayed. And he's saying, that's because they're not praying to God, they're praying for your benefit for the audience. So there's the first one. Uh, public prayer is inherently dangerous. If you get asked to pray in a public situation, the first thing I do is pray and say, God, help me to remember who I'm praying, who I'm talking to. Not No earth shattering thing there, but something to weigh over. So let's go on. Uh, then we go to verse 7. He says, And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. This is a really interesting statement. And, you know, I, I might, this might be a little painful, this, this uh, next part of this conversation. Uh, for all of us, maybe, or for a lot of us, especially if you're brought up in the church in a religious environment. And especially in light of the Lord's Prayer that we're going to be studying together, because Jesus says at this point that when it comes to prayer or praying, and he hasn't even got into the prayer yet, he says to be very careful, he says this. He says, mindless repetition is not praying. Mindless repetition is not praying. The, the Greek dictionary says that the word that's translated babbling in the NIV, it's a translated uh Repetition, I think, in the King James word, But but the Greek word means to repeat the same things over and over. What do we do with the Lord's Prayer? This is just my this is no uh, formal survey. This is just my uh witness, I guess, as, as I've been brought up in the church and been in situations hundreds of times where the uh, Lord's Prayer has been quoted. And I, I think that 95% of the time, people are, are mindlessly repeating words. You think maybe Jesus foresaw a problem? before he lays out this prayer and he's saying, okay, this, I'm going to give you an example, a model of how to talk to God. But let me tell you right now, before we get going, be careful. Be careful because mindless repetition is not praying. It doesn't honor God. Uh, you know, memorizing some words and just repeating them, and that's how I hear it lots of times. We're going to say the Lord's Prayer, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom comes, thy will be done. And, and it's like, whoa, wait a minute. Are you thinking about what you're saying? Do you even understand? Do we even understand what we're saying? That's what we're going to spend time walking through here is understanding what's being said because there is a wealth of very important things that we need to know about God found in the Lord's Prayer. This might be shaking us up a little bit uh, if we've had a religious background. But he warned in advance, I'm going to give you a prayer, but be very careful not to get in a posture where you mindlessly repeat this prayer over and over again uh, without thinking about what you're saying. Now, does that mean that I'm saying you should never repeat the Lord's Prayer? No, I'm not saying that. And like I say, when we spend some time walking through it, you're going to find it's just, it is a wonderful prayer. And it's going to give you, you and me both, some just tremendous insights into talking to God and how we can talk to God and the things that we should talk to God about. Because last time, that's what we don't know. It's like, I don't know what to talk to him about, you know. i got a list of things. Lord, do this. Lord, do that. And and it's going to help us so much in that area. Uh s- I, somebody, I can't remember, probably one of you, recently said to me, I, you know, I really enjoy doing the Lord's Prayer when I'm walking, and I'll walk, and I'll talk to God, and I'll walk through the Lord's Prayer. When you're thinking it through, that's, there's nothing wrong with that at all, but be very careful. He's warning in advance. He's saying, be careful about this mindlessly repetitious repeating of this prayer. Here, here's something that's interesting. As significant as the Lord's Prayer has become to the church in the church age, have you ever thought about the fact that it's not even listed in two out of the four Gospels? Two of the Gospel writers didn't even take the time to record it. That's kind of interesting. And then you go to Luke and Luke, who's writing uh, a few years after Matthew, he, you go back to Matthew's version as he, as he quotes Jesus, and, Luke's, and Luke leaves a bunch of stuff out. He doesn't even go through the whole thing. There may be something to be said to that. And in, in just recognizing that uh, this model prayer that God gave us that is so important, so significant, or wouldn't even be in Scripture still has its place, and be careful that you're using it in its place in the right way. Uh, so one more thing, one more warning wait, warning uh, observation I think we need to make to Jesus, not us. Jesus said and made before he ever even started talking about the prayer itself, and, and it's found in, in uh, verse 8, and I think I've got to skip some slides here because I did that last time, too. I got ahead of myself. There we go. We'll get there. Okay, verse 8. Do not be like them, those, those hypocrites, those other people, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So here's the third. Prayer does not inform God. You're, you're not informing God of anything prayer is not our chance to catch God up on what he missed today you know he's got a lot going on here and he might have not noticed those details in my life so God I just want to tell you about it Uh, it's this is not our chance to to inform God Uh, some of you worked in a hospital environment or work in a hospital environment and so you know about the change of shift what goes on changes shift you know if you're uh, in nursing uh, the the nurses that have been on shift gather together with the nurses that are coming on shift, and then there is an exchange of information. Uh, this patient needs this. They've had this medication. Watch out for this. We've had some problems in this area today, and, and so there's an exchange of information. Prayer is not a shift change of shift report. God isn't need, in need of us informing him of what's going on in our life or the world around us or what our, the need. That's That's not what prayer is. God doesn't need the information. At this point, though, you might be saying to yourself, and I wonder if the disciples weren't right about now saying to themselves, okay, wait a minute, if prayer is dangerous and and often done wrong, and God already knows it anyway, then why am I bothering? Why even pray? Why even take the chance of doing it wrong, you know? Uh, and, And I would respond to that. A legitimate question, I think, with, in two ways. Number one, first of all, prayer is obviously important for us to be a part of, to participate in, or Jesus wouldn't have taken the time to say, hey, let me talk you through this. So it's a big deal. He took the time. He didn't say, oh, come on, guys. Uh, it's dangerous anyway. Don't worry about it. No, he says, okay, let me, let me, with some precursors, let me walk you through some things you need to know about prayer. Some, some instructions regarding prayer. And, and God wouldn't have made sure that they were recorded in Scripture for us if it wasn't that this is, isn't a very important thing, these conversations with God. Uh, and we're going to find out, secondly, as we study, walk our way through this prayer, we're going to make some wonderful discoveries. This is, this is going to be, I think, for me it was, has been in studying it, just some information that you're going to find that is so practical, so valuable, so encouraging and uplifting and strengthening. As you think through God, what Jesus says, hey, here's the things you need to walk through with your Father. So, next week we'll start digging into the prayer. But as when I think of prayer, uh, especially if I'm studying it, almost almost every time, uh, this comes to my mind, and and uh, uh, it, re- it revolves around Josh, my, my son, Josh, and at the time, and I've pre- told this story before, but Josh was probably, oh, three or four, and and honestly, because of this passage of Scripture, when we were teaching our children how to pray, we, and I'm not saying this if you did it differently, so don't take it as a uh, criticism, but I had read this, and I thought, I don't want my kids, I'm not going to teach them some uh, rope prayer, you know, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. You may have done that, that's okay, you are trying to emphasize to your kids they need to pray, but I, I wanted my my kids to think through what they were telling God, and uh, so from the get-go, that's the way we would pray, and, and I would, uh, we exchange it sometimes, but I would often pray with our kids at night, and Mary was getting things ready for them for school the next day, and so I'd go in and pray with the kids one by one, and Josh was the uh, was the lengthy prayer prayer in our family. He always had a, a mile long list going on, and so we would start. and I knew it was going to be this way, and we'd walk through the list. You know, I pray for my friend Billy that scraped his knees today at the par, at the playground, and he's okay. I pray for Grandma and Grandpa that they're they're feeling okay, and he walked through this whole list, and he just patiently sit through it and think, I created this monster, I told him and, and so we go through that, one night I, I uh, went and sat down with Josh, and he's in bed, and I sit on the end of the bed, I said, that, you know, let's, let's pray, I, you, let's pray together, and so he walks through the prayer, and, and he's walking through all these details, like he always does, and he, he walks through this whole list, and when he gets to the end, he stops, and then he starts over, and he goes through the whole list again. Same list, but, but, the, but he goes through the whole list again. And then he gets to the end. And once again, he pauses, and then he starts over again. And about this time, I'm thinking, okay, something's going on. And I, finally, I interrupted. Him. I said, hey, Josh, is, is something wrong? He says, yeah, Dad, I, I can't remember how to stop it. And I said, how to stop it? Yeah, he said, I can't remember that word. I said, you mean amen? He said, yeah, amen. <laughs> so we were going to go till he remembered that word. So, uh, so with that in mind, let's stop this time and close in prayer. Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for the, the significance, the privilege of being able to have personal conversations with our God. Our Heavenly Father, that you want that you relish those opportunities not because they're informing you of anything but because of how significant they are for us but they're they're important for you too and and we 're going to learn about that uh, Lord William, as we walk through this model prayer there's going to be so much we 're going to learn about your heart for us and and how to talk to you, and so we're we're anxious're we 're excited about that I am anyway and So we ask for your guidance as we work that through together. And Lord, just as a reminder to each of us, uh, thank you, Lord, that there's uh, such a great love you have for each individual here. I pray that they sense that today, that you care about them. And Lord, as we move out into the world around us that doesn't know you, I pray that we take every opportunity we get to let them know that our God loves them. We pray these things, Father, in your son's name. Amen. I invite you to stand. We're going to sing one last chorus together. As we do our prayer team, Tom and Roxanne are going to come to the front, and I know they would love the opportunity to pray with you, pray over you, if you need that this morning. We're going to sing together. Here's my heart, Lord. Thanks for worshiping with us. Don't forget, we have a potluck after this service. Have a great Sunday, a great week. We'll see you next time.